tribe of Judah became the Lamb of God on your behalf so that you can become a child of God. This is the good news. This is the one who's worthy of your worship. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So good to be back in the United States. Uh, me and my wife, we just got back from Romania. And uh, thank you all those that helped support us in, in prayer and in financial seed. It costs money, apparently, to fly across the earth. So thank you very much. Um, it was a little bit, uh, the driving's a little different over there, just so you know. Uh, so when I got back, I've been driving like Romania, but I don't think my wife likes it because they just run you over. And, they, and if you don't get out of the way, they don't slow down. And they use their, their, their honk as like, a, I feel like it's a kind of maybe a cuss word or a bad word. They're just honk, honk. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we had to pray for our drivers regularly, just fasting. Father, protect them, oh God. Keep them safe, oh Lord. It was full-time intercession out there. But uh, if you had fear, it came up for sure. Speaking of fear, that's what we're going to be talking about. How to kick that out. Who wants to do that? Hallelujah. I just wanted, the Bible says to honor your mother and father. So I want to honor, I have my, my biological mother here and my mother-in-law and father-in-law right here. If you guys could stand up. Stand up. I want to honor you. Woo! Come on. And of course, I honor my spiritual father, um, Apostle Tom and Katie. I'm so grateful that they allow me to be here and to speak on their behalf. Okay, so I want to start with a couple questions to ask us a few things as I get things figured out here. <clears throat> In my own life, I've been really just working on overcoming this thing of fear. And there's sometimes people would look at me and they're like, this guy has no fear, but they're only looking at a certain aspect of my life. And so my goal today is to, to um, show us where fear is in our lives and how it's operating. And my goal today is to give you some tools to overcome fear. Now, has anybody uh, struggled with anxiety? Fear, raise your hand if you've ever had, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've had fear and anxiety that anybody's been up at late nights, wave at me. I need you guys to participate to see if I'm preaching to angels or humans. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something we all deal with. And what I want to do is I want to talk today why it's so important for us to overcome fear, to overcome fear. Now, are there any of you that you would be honest, that you would say that there's been a time where you've had fearful thoughts that just continue to go and you've been anxious and maybe even, you know, stayed up in the night once or twice before? Rave at me. Okay, so the good thing is, is you know how to meditate. <laughs> we just need to focus, change the topic. So I want to help you change the topic to meditate on the right things, not the things that produce fear. So why should, why should we overcome fear? I want to give you a couple reasons why. One, God commanded us to. So that's a good reason, if you're a follower of God, that we would do what he commanded us. And he said that his blessing will follow. I think it's ironic, if I look into there, over 365 times, it tells us to do not fear and do not be afraid. And I think God wanted us, to, since we have 365 days in the year, God wanted to make sure that we don't think that we have one day where we have permission to fear. It's, we don't have permission. And, it, and he's, you know, 365 is a lot. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we've been called in the Bible stiff-necked people, hard-hearted. So I guess we just really need to hear this. But it's so important to God that we don't fear because fear prevents him from doing what he wants to do in our lives. It hinders, actually, God. Another thing that fear does is fear paralyzes progress. Any of you been, you know, trying to succeed in your job, trying to succeed in school, maybe college, things like that, and it's just like your progress has just stopped. Wave at me if you've experienced that. Well, fear is the culprit behind that, that paralyzing feeling of your progress. 
Also, fear moves the, the kingdom of darkness. Fear is how the kingdom of darkness is introduced into your life and into the earth. And the opposite is faith. And faith is how the kingdom of God is introduced into your life. Fear, as I said, fear prevents God's intervention in our lives. Fear is the opposite of love. The Bible says it involves torment. We don't like to be tormented, right? So fear, the Bible says this kind of fear involves torment. Fear is something that oppresses us. It weighs us down. It eats away at us. Also, fear... um, the response to a fearful situation actually causes a physiological response in our body that if that continues to happen, it's actually bad for our body. And it actually can cause infirmity. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. I'm gonna move fast because I have a little bit less time than normal because we're gonna share about some Romania testimonies. But I came here today with breakthrough. If you want breakthrough through fear, at the end of this, we are gonna pray. And God is going to move. And there's two things I believe God is going to do is God is going to release power to break the chains, the spiritual powers of fear operating in your life. But he's going to impart grace for you to do the rest and partner with his word and to overcome fear with his spirit. And because this is a twofold battle and it involves us to get involved. Fear does not just disappear. Fear leads us to believe a lie, and it empowers the liar, but um, love leads us to truth, okay? So there's many, many reasons here why we need to overcome fear, because it's hindering us from all that God's called us to do. So the first thing for us to understand is, what is fear? Now, I'm going to talk about what the Bible says fear. There's many different definitions you have in the Old Testament. You have the word fear, and it has a Hebrew root. In the New Testament, it's Greek. So one of the most common words that you see for fear in the Old Testament is called Yahweh, Yahweh. And this fear is a verb, and this has a twofold meaning. And if you read the Bible, sometimes it's kind of confusing because God's like, fear God, you know, you have no fear of God. And then he's like, don't fear. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is kind of confusing. What, what does this mean? And because that definition actually has a twofold meaning, and it depends on how it's used is how it's applied. So one d- definition would be to actually be fear, to be afraid, to be terrified, to be dreadful, to be horrified, to be and terror, and this is the, the type that God is saying, don't, don't be this way, right? Because there's, then there's another one is to be in awe. This is the fear of God. And Apostle Tom did a teaching on the fear of God that's amazing. I want to talk today a little bit about the other fear, the one that God says, do not fear. All right, we just, somebody just got baptized. Thank you, Lord. Fill them with your spirit. Fill them with your spirit, God. We thank you for those watching online. Um, Someone just got baptized, and we celebrate those coming into the family of God. So it says, to be in awe, to revere, to respect, to honor, to cause astonishment, to be captivated in awe, stupendous, admirable, venerate, to gaze with wonder. This is the fear of God that God tells us to do. But there's also a fear that God tells us not to do. So it's funny that this word fear is a verb to action. It means that we need to partner with not doing it, right? And then the second most common word in the Old Testament with the original Hebrew language is pakad. I might have said that, right? We'll see. And this is a noun. And this Hebrew word is usually always um, something that's of a negative sense. And it's the object of fear, it's, it's what the object of what we fear. The fear of a projected or imagined thing. It is overreactive, inera- irrational fear that stems from worries that, of what could happen. The worst case scenario. Anybody ever uh, played with that before? Okay, I need... Anybody else honest? Okay. I think we've all fell victim to that at times. Okay, so in the New Testament... 
And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. There's two main definitions, but there's 10 different Greek words for the English word fear. So to understand what we don't wanna fear, we have to do a study on the word. So it's really important for you to know so you can overcome. One of the words, the Greek words in the New Testament is phobos, which is the word where we get phobias from, phobias. And we know that this isn't good. It's fear, dread, terror, that which strikes terror. Um, and the root word means to be alarmed to, to, or to be at flight, to be afraid, exceedingly fear and terror. Okay, and in the scriptures, 1 John 18, it says there is no fear in love. So he's saying there is no phobias in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment and he that fears is not made perfect. And then this word also is used in Romans 8, 15, where it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, to phobia, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba. What you, what you may, if you make something bigger than God, that's, then you'll start to fear. It will become a phobia. But you always got to remind yourself how big your God is. The second, one of the, the core scriptures I'm going to be teaching about today, we're going to kind of go all over the place, is going to be, um, and you don't have to put it up yet because I'm going to read it in a second, would be 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love power, and a sound mind. So later, we're going to go over some keys that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. It doesn't mean we can't operate in it. it. doesn't mean we can't invite it in or partner with it. He said he didn't give that to us. That's not for us. And he says the solution is love, power, and a sound mind. So we're going to go through that in a little bit so we can overcome fear. All right. And so the next word is this word, dalia, dalia. And this means timidity, fearfulness, cowardness. And what's funny is this is a noun. So God's saying, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I didn't give you a personality of fear. It's a noun. You're not a fearful person. God's not a fearful person. He's a person of love, power, and a sound mind, and, and he's created us in his image. So it's really interesting to me that this is a noun. This is a, per, a noun is a person, place, or thing. So when he says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, I haven't made you to be a person of fear. I haven't given you a personality of fear. It doesn't mean that fear doesn't happen at times in life. It's saying that that's not who you are, that's not uh, part of your personality. And then it's even funny, uh, this, this word is used in John 14, 27, it's the verb. And Jesus is saying, peace I leave with you, that's a key, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So condition your heart, condition your soul to not be in a place abiding in fear. And then one more Greek word that we'll look at is dilos, which is the same as dilia, which is not to be a coward or fearfulness or timid, but this is the ad, adje, um, adjective of that verb, which means to be timid, fearful, faithful, faithless. Look at how um, faith and fear are, are, or unbelief and fear are connected. It says in Matthew 8, 26, and he saith unto them, this is Jesus, why are you fearful? There's the word. O ye of little faith. So little faith and fear go together. Little faith and fear go together. You guys with me? So whenever we're, we don't got a lot of faith, it's probably because there's a lot of fear, which is the opposite of love. Okay? Are you guys with me so far? This same word right here, this last scripture for this Greek word, it's in Revelation. And, and this is the scripture that's kind of hard for us to hear, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It says, but the fearful, unbelieving, and the abominable, 
The murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So fear, being a coward and fear is right in there with murders. That's what, it's right alongside of that. Nobody in here wants to be a murderer. Well, God's saying it's, well, it's right in the same category. There's witches, warlocks, murderers, idolaters, sorcerers, all of that. That's right where fear belongs and those that lie. Liars. Okay, so this is an important thing that we, I really want you to feel the weight that we have to drive fear out of our lives. I don't want to end up in that, that lake. I'm trying to end up at the beach with white sand. You know what I mean? Glorious sunrises. Some fruit that I've never even tried on the earth because it's better in heaven. Oh. Okay. So I just cherry-picked one verse out of all those 365, which is one of the most famous. It's Deuteronomy 31.6. You can put that on the board real quick. So there's all kinds of keys here. We kind of say this as a cliche, but we really need to look up these words and we really need to meditate on this because there's always a solution. When he says, fear not, he says something right after. So that's the antidote to the fear. So let's see what it says. Do we have? Okay, I'm going to read it. I got to roll for time here. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Okay, so they're about to go to war, and they got the enemies here, and Joshua's about to take them into the promised land, and God's saying that. <clears throat> Fear not. Then it says, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Okay, he will not leave you, nor forsake you. Now, I broke down this verse. I studied in all these words in this entire verse so, you, so I could give this something really easy to understand. So I'm gonna read this paragraph to you. This is what this word, this is what this is saying to you, okay? So if you guys can receive this, it says this. Strengthen your foundation in God. Fortify and anchor yourself in him. Be alert and steadfastly fix your mind upon truth. Remain in an attitude and a heart posture of victory. Revere not your enemies or circumstances more than me. Do not place them higher than me. I'm bigger than all of that. Do not regard your enemies or your circumstances as a threat. It's not a threat to you. It's not a threat to you. Because, he says this, because I will go together with you in communion because of our covenant, is what the Bible. I will be with you against your enemies, and I will not let you fall. I will not be idle or slacken. I will not or slacken my hand for your sake. You will not be alone in this battle. God is saying that to you right now. You will not be alone in this battle. I will not desert you nor neglect you. I will not depart from you. Can we get an amen for the, for the word of God? I feel his presence on that. So what I found was interesting is this. Uh, I'm okay right now, thank you. What I found is interesting is to fear God is to be in awe and respect and revere. But God's also saying that counter to those things that we shouldn't. He says, do not be afraid, do not fear your enemies. He says, don't be in awe of your enemies. Don't respect, don't revere, don't place them higher than me. And so sometimes we can be just astonished in awe and inspired by our bills not being paid or the, the, the potential of us failing or someone abandoning us or these things. And he's like, no, I will not abandon you for I am 
with you. God's saying, don't give your attention to those things, but give me your attention and do not perceive them as a threat. Okay, I'm gonna go a little faster now. So there's three realms, if you have notes, you're gonna wanna put these down. Three realms of the influence of fear. Three realms of the influence of fear. There's three realms of the influence of fear. We need to know where the source of our fear is. And there's many different places it can be rooted. Okay? So we have the spirit, we have the soul, and we have the body. We have the spirit, we have the soul, and we have the body. And these are three different realms of our being, but they're all connected. And fear can affect them differently, okay? So I'm gonna go quickly over the example of the spiritual realm, how in the spiritual realm, fear can oppress us. This is dealing with spiritual entities, demons, personalities that are, that are spirits of fear. He didn't give us a personality of fear, but there are those that have a personality of fear, evil spirits, and they wanna project their personality, their ways, they wanna influence you in their fear. They wanna oppress you in the fear. Has anybody like ever been in a place where you just get this eerie, creepy feeling? You're, wave at me though, I need everybody to participate. If you, okay, and it stands up, right? There's a spirit there of fear or a spirit there that invokes fear, which is from the kingdom of darkness. And so there's two things that this, this will, you can write this down, is torment and bondage. Torment and bondage. The Bible says in 1 John that with fear there's torment. It also says in Romans 8.15, which I read, that uh, we've, not, we've been free of a spirit of bondage, not again to fear, but we have the spirit of adoption. So there's a spirit of fear that can torment us, and that's what fear does, and there's a spirit of fear that can put us in bondage. Now, when we become in bondage to fear, we need deliverance. It's not something we can just talk ourselves through. We need deliverance, we need freedom which we offer that in the house of the Lord. Amen? No, so we have Job is an example where this, you can see the spirit of fear in one of his friends too. Um, but Job was, he was meditating on his fear and then he began to speak about what he was fearing and he began to curse his day. And then later on in Job 3.24, it says, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of has happened to me. And then this is, the, this is the result. I am not at ease or safety, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for troubles have came. Does anybody, can anybody relate to that? Right, I can relate to that. Any, anybody had maybe something that you were fearing of or worried about or anxious about happening, and then it's happened? Wave at me if, you, that's, if any that's ever happened. Right, because we, we actually, what we think about, we actually empower to manifest into our life because the Bible says, so he thinks, so he is. In Job 12, 16, there, um, I can't pronounce his name very well, but it's one of the guys that's talking against Job. And he says, now a word was secretly brought to me. Now listen to this. And my ear received a whisper of it. In disquieting thoughts from visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, fear came upon me and trembling, which all my, made my, all my bones shake. Then a spirit, everybody say a spirit. Okay, I got the rest. Passed before my face. The hair on my body stood up. It stood, I could not discern its appearance or a form before my eyes. Many people that we've prayed for have this thing called night paralysis. If you, you don't have to, but if you feel brave enough, if you've ever experienced that, raise your hand just so we know that it's a real thing. See, there's people all across the room. And this is when a spirit comes on us, it whispers to us in our sleep a fearful thing, and we begin to agree and give it access to our lives, and it begins to paralyze us. Fear paralyzes us, okay? In this sense, in the spiritual, we need power to overcome this kind of fear. 
So it's important that we understand these three realms of fear because there's a different tool. In this case, we need power. Okay? We're not going to just tell ourselves nice, fun things. We need to speak to those powers in the name of what? Jesus. Come on. In the name of what? That was weak. Okay. Now, the soul has three different realms, too, within it that can have fear. So you can write this down. You have the, the mind, will, and emotions. And so the mind has to do with our thinking and our mindsets. So we can have mindsets or belief systems, or we can be thinking, partnering along with things that are fearful, that are fearful. Then will, I put, we can have an attitude of fear. An attitude of fear. Meaning, a our attitude is what we choose. And so we're using our will to have an attitude of fear. You know, you ever had somebody that you love and you're trying to get them to snap out of it? And they're like, no, I don't want to. They're like, no, I want to be in this right now. No, I'm going to stay angry. I'm going to stay in this fear right now. No, this is my little bubble, and I'm staying right here. The next one is emotions. Uh, uh, can we have emotions of fear. Now, you need to understand that emotions are an indicator of a heart issue. So emotions aren't bad. So this is the fear that's not bad, and it can be good. Right? If you like walk almost to the edge and all of a sudden you, you feel no, nothing right there and you're on a tall bridge and you feel that, whoa, that shock between your body, that emotional fear, it alerts you, hey, you're about to die. <laughs> you're about to die. You might want to, whoa. But emotions are an indicator of a heart issue. So if we do not deal with that heart issue, that fear will be suppressed and then it will be a mess. So the emotion of fear is not necessarily bad, but when we don't deal with the heart issue that's experiencing fear, then the fear will be suppressed. Those emotions will be suppressed, and then those, most, those emotions will actually be harmful to our body. Many trapped emotions can actually be toxic to the body. Okay? The next one is the body, the physical response to fear from our soul. Fear starts in the brain, and starts with a physical response. It, 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 there's a physical response to what we're thinking in the brain. And um, it's a perceived threat. It could be an actual threat. There's a bear right in front of me, right? Or it could be a perceived threat. So what can happen is, is just if you're speculating on the possibility of a fearful thing happen to you, you're actually releasing a, a physiological response in your body, okay? I'm going to keep going really quick here. So when we sense that we're in danger, a part of our brain called amygdala, one of you medical people, say it, amygdala, praise the Lord. It triggers circuits for fear and vigilant to warn us. So it's a good thing to, for, to be more cautious. It helps us to identify an actual threat. Then it triggers the fight or flight response. So there's two responses to fear physically is stress hormones are released, cortisol and adrenaline. That, that way, you, that fear actually can, there's a bear in front of you. Fear, adrenaline, I can run faster than I, need, than I normally can. So it's used to protect us. It can help us. Uh, there's like, you know, maybe a big guy like Tom, because he's wrestled, you know, we've all tried to fight him before. If you guys know the story, when we were back in junior high, it didn't work out well for me. So then I can get extra adrenaline to fight big guys. But so the second two things, this is crazy to me, but there's two branches of the nervous system. The nervous system's complex where fear affects. It's the parasympathetic nervous system, which this is funny. It has to do with your rest and your digestive system. Many times we pray for people that have got healing from emotional fear or delivered of fear and their stomach problems are gone. I would, I would be very brave to say that most of your stomach problems have to do with fear. The doctor may tell you something else, but I'm telling you what the doctor, Jesus, and the Word of God says. Okay, sympathetic nervous system. The second one is the fight or flight response is where the adrenaline is released. When this happens, this is why the devil wants us to do this, all of the part of our brain that has to do with thinking and planning and logical decision goes... Brrr. 
and this whole side of the uh, animal, the animalistic nature comes. And so God, or the devil can just get us to do all kinds of stupid situations because our brain is done. Has anybody done some stupid things when you're in fear? Like you say some stuff like, Duh. it's yeah, it's because your thinker is down, you know, at that moment. Here's some physical effects of fear. Increased heartbeat, blood pressure, trembling of muscles, chest pain, sweating, difficult breathing, nausea, dizziness, rapid breathing, dry mouth, chills, fatigue, stomach aches, tingling, butterflies and digestive system, difficulty concentrating, hot flushes or chills, insomnia, irritability. If you've ever had that wave at me. <laughs> if you may need healing from some of that right now, wave at me because we're going to pray. Okay. That's all the effects of fear. So if we can root out fear, these things will begin to be removed in our life. How people become physically addicted to fear, like horror movies and roller coasters, you know, they're actually doing something. Some people just aren't scared and they like it, the roller coasters. Some people like it because of the thrill. They're actually scared and it releases something in the brain, which is called stupidity. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I just... That wasn't in my notes. That just came out. What? Where is that? Oh, just kidding. Dopamine. So it's, it has to do with our pleasure centers. So after a fearful moment, somebody can actually be in a state of pleasure. That's why peop, those horror movies keep making that money because it's, it's releasing that, uh, that thing. There's a few things you can do to get out of it is um, when you're in a physical response, you can take a deep breath. Choose to think about the things of God. Say to yourself, stop, we're safe. Me and uh, Pastor Caleb always say that. We look at ourselves and sometimes we'll be asked to do something that seems scary. And there's a lot on our plate and it feels heavy. And we'll, I'll always tell myself, I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm okay. And I'm being very serious. So if you do that, it will change your life. I'm safe. Stop it. No, no, no. Speak to yourself. You can wash your face, swig some water, move your body physically, become an observer of your inner self. Um, scientifically, love is an actual force. It's an energy, and so is fear. And they, they're called frequency vibrations. And fear is at a lower, and love is at a higher. And God's called us to be in the higher, in the heavenlies. Love is a better fuel. It's a better motive. Okay. We're getting close here. Three main areas which fear will come. Write down these three things really quickly. Identity, protection, and provision. Identity, protection, and provision. This is the very thing that the enemy comes to attack at the very beginning is our, is, is our relationship with the Father. Because Father God is the one that, that gives us our identity. He's the one that is our provider and our protector. So you can have fear in one of those realms, but not another. For me, I almost died so many times in my drug addiction, in my previous life. Like, I am not scared of being protected or dying. We're like going to Ukraine, there's missiles in the city flying, and I'm like, yes, sign me up. We're gonna see God's protection. We're gonna see his hand move. And when we were there, not one missile hit the city, by the way, somebody clap for Jesus. Uh. But there were other areas in my identity and even in, in provision where I had fears. And I've really been overcoming this thing, this fear of failure, this fear of being abandonment, the fear of rejection, all of these, these different things. So I didn't realize that there's still many areas where fear was in my life. So those three areas I want you to meditate upon later and ask the Lord, where, where do I have fears in my provision? It's like when you don't have rent, job, something comes up financially, ah, right? Or protection, I'm scared, what if something happens to me? Well, I don't know, if it, am I gonna get sick? Am I gonna, no, you're not, he's gonna protect you. Or your identity, when, it, when your fear comes to talk, tell you you're something different than who God called you to be. Okay, you guys with me? Where do these fears come through? Three things, where do these fears come from? Where are these fears? One, they're the projected fear from evil spirits. So one source of where it comes from is there's an evil spirit projecting its fear on us, influencing it. Two is a created fear from our own imagination and mindsets. This is most of us and our, most of our problem. 
okay? And three is a fearful experience. So there's something that happens in a, a circumstance in life that is a scary thing for us, and so that's where fear can come, and, it get, and now be, it can get into our heart, it can get into our soul, and we can suppress that emotion of fear and that fear. It could be our thinking, or it could be a spiritual battle. Okay, how are we going to overcome this? Who wants to overcome this? Well, the Bible, my question to you is, what's your source? Is your source love or is your source fear? You can be motivated by either one. You can be fueled. You can have gas or you can have diesel, right? And so you can be doing good things but driven by fear. Fear of not being uh, accepted. Fear of being punished. I'm going to serve God because I just fear of lack of identity. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, this was me. I'm like doing all these things for God because I was trying to earn my, my value. I was trying to earn my value because I had a lack of identity that God said, I already am enough. He says, you're already, you, you nailed it. Just be you, son. Okay. So fear is this. I put two definitions for you to kind of, this is a definition I put concerning fear. In the light of this teaching, I said, fear is this, is when we place a higher value on our enemies, people, and circumstances than God. Period. That's where the wrong kind of fear will come. It's when we, we place a higher, when our proportions get out of balance and we say, yeah, you know what? The rent not being here is here and God's ability to provide is here. Fear. So, hey, I, I wonder if that person's not going to talk to me anymore if I tell them about Jesus. Oh, that person's here. God's right here. Fear. So it's really simple to identify is whenever you have something at a higher value than the Lord, you'll fear. And that's why God said, Jesus is like, hey, if you put your mother, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, anything in front of me... It's not going to go well. You can't follow me. I have to be in the highest value. And then the word uh, um, love, I put this. Love is this. It's abiding in the reality that God is our source. Abiding in the reality that God is our source. Okay, if we are always aware and conscious that God is our protector, God is our provider, then we will be in a place of love. Unbelief is this. Unbelief is not the lack of belief. It's the denial of truth. Unbelief is not the lack of belief. It is the denial of truth. But faith is this. Faith is anchoring our hope and trust into God. Faith is anchoring our hope and trust into truth. So when we anchor our faith and our trust and our hope into truth, we'll, be getting, we'll get into faith. All right? When we deny truth over our present circumstances or a situation, we'll get into unbelief. Unbelief and fear are buddies, remember. We said that earlier in the scriptures. They come together. Don't be fearful, but be faith-filled. What if, this statement, what if, as you heard our apostles say, he don't play the what if game. What if is anchored in fear, but he is able, is anchored in faith. If you can just get the what if, and so, for he is able, oh, well, what if they reject me? Well, what if they accept you? And he is able, right? He is able. What if, what if you know, what if we, we, we lose the war? Well, he is able to deliver us. He is able to heal us. What if this can't, we can't get healed by this can't? No, we, we can. He is able. He is able to lord over and conquer everything. We need to say he is able. So the three things here, we have love. Love is our source. And write this scripture down for, for later. It's John 4. Actually, I'll read this, and then we'll do the activation here. John 4 talks a little bit about love. 
And I'm going to read this really quickly, so you can just listen to me and follow along. As It's verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this love, God was manifested towards us, that God, he sent his only begotten son, that son into the world that we might believe through him. In this love, not we love God, but he loved us and sent his son for the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. There's the key. Love one another. There's the key. No one, no one has seen God at any time, even if he loved one another, God abides in us. Okay, there it is. If we love one another, God abides in us. So the key to love is to spend it on others. Love God, love others. So this is the key how you're going to dismantle fear. I'm going to show you right here. Love God and love others. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Okay, here it is. 17 says, or 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because it involves term, torment. So God says, perfect love casts out fear. He says, when you love your brother, your love is being perfect. So how do I get perfect love? By the way, I love you. And when I love you, the perfect love of God in me will cast out fear. So how love casts out fear is by sacrifice, by service, by self. And love doesn't seek itself. So when we begin to focus on self, we begin to get in fear. But when we begin to serve, love, and help other people, we begin to get in love. Does that make sense? So the key to, is to love somebody else. Then the, the next says power. And this love word is agape. This, the second one is power. This is dunamis. This is the miracle working power of God that split the Red Sea. I think it's able to do anything in your life. And he's saying that power is with you and it's for you and it's going against your enemies. And that power will help you overcome your fear. That power will overcome the enemy and any power that's, that's brought against you. There's a greater power. So fear not that because he says that I've put my power and my throne high and above everyone else. And then the last one is sound mind, sound mind. This is amazing because this word, if you look it up, it's talking about a disciplined mind, a sober mind. So God has given us the mind of Christ, but through his grace, he's, a sound mind is one that's sober. And sober means vigilant. It means disciplined. It means under control. So it means that we keep our mind under subjection to the word of God. And that's what the Bible says, right? Cast down every vain imagination thought that exalts itself. So the key is that's what a sound mind is. It's a disciplined mind. It's a mind that's girded up. Gird the loins of your mind. And I'm going a little faster because I have more notes than what we got here. So we have to be careful. There's also, so we have, we have love, power, and a sound mind. We have to have a disciplined mind. We have to humble ourselves so we can receive the grace of God. Humble yourself and you'll get grace. So every day I'm leaning upon his power to enable me to overcome fear. All right. I'm loving other people. And as I'm loving other people, perfect love is being made in me, which is automatically casting out fear. So don't worry about chasing the fear as much as loving other people. And, it, and there's, there's times where in Exodus 14, 13, Moses says this, which is crazy. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall see no more again. So I'm telling you, we're going to pray. The Egyptians that you are seeing after today, you'll see no more. Stand still and see the salvation of your Lord. Those Egyptians of fear, those Egyptians of anxiety, those Egyptians of worry, these things that have been plaguing your life, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because he will deliver you today. We have to um, be careful of the illusion of fear 
this is where we make it up with our own imagination. It's fear is the, the false evidence appearing real. The false evidence appearing real. This is where most of our problem is. We're in delusion of the truth. And this is why it's so partner, uh, important for us to renew our mind. So write down these six things. And then we're going to do an activation, which is going to be awesome. These six things are your tools. Okay? One, inner healing. Write it down. Because you're going to need to work all these tools to root out fear. Because fear affects the spirit, soul, and body. And there's multiple things. If you want to be free. Inner healing. Number two, deliverance. Number three, renewing your mind with the word of God. Declaring it, believing it, meditating on it. Number four, love in action. Serving, sacrifice, giving, selfless acts. Number five, prayer and fasting, which bring, can bring power, right? When you commune with the one who's all-powerful, powerful will be released. And then I put six, there's probably many more, is focus on the mission in others and be aware of God. Focus on the mission in others. Focus on the mission. Apostle Paul, when he said this, when he, he was talking to Timothy, he said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Timothy was being challenged to do a mission where he was gonna, where there was gonna be persecution. He's like, don't fear, and I don't fear. And he said this thing that is the key, which just is amazing. He said this, for I know who I am have believed and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him unto the day. The reason why Paul could go through all of that is he was convinced he was persuaded that God is able. And if you can be persuaded by his scriptures, I'm telling you, God will do something amazing. So you have a choice. Fear is a choice. And God said, he's, humility is not something that's just like, God just makes you humble. No, he says, humble yourself. He's commanded you to humble yourself. And the same with fear. Don't just think it's going to disappear. He says, do not fear. That means just as God has told me to deny myself every day and lay my life down, every day I have to choose not to fear. For me, it was every second and every thought. It's a choice, but you don't have to choose it anymore. You can repent of fear and, and then be driven by love and walk in faith, which will grant you the grace of God to accomplish the purposes of God in your life, resulting in peace, joy, and righteousness in your soul. And I'll have you stand to your feet real quick. We're going to do this prayer, and then we're gonna, I'm going to invite up the team to give some. If we do not root out fear in our life, then fear will grow like mold in the darkness. And it will someday overtake us. So if you want to, uh, fear has friends. I'm going to name some of them. But if you want fear and his friends to go, I want you to invite you to participate. If you want to repent with me for any time that you've uh, feared or been afraid when he told you not to. Um, because repentance is the way the kingdom's going to flow. If you want to do that with me, I want you to repeat after me, okay? Say this with me. Lord, Lord. I repent. Of being dismayed, being fearful, anytime I was a coward, anytime I was timid, for being fearful, for agreeing with anything counter to your truth, for allowing fear to push me, to motivate me, and drive me. And I renounce fear. And I declare, you have not given me a spirit of fear or a spirit of bondage or a spirit of torment. I renounce them. But you've given me a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Say bye-bye to all these friends. Okay, say, I renounce fear, anxiety, worry, restlessness. Nervousness, Nervousness. All, phobias. all phobias, panic, panic. Timidity. timidity, cowardness, cowardness. Overwhelmed. overwhelmed, paralyzed, paralyzed. 
uneasy, uneasy. Apprehension. apprehension, dismay, dismay. Powers, powerlessness, powerlessness. Being, afraid and scared. being afraid and scared, all terror, all terror. dread, dread. Horror. horror, control, control. Striving. striving, and insomnia. And insomnia. I, renounce. I renounce high blood pressure, Trembling, Trembling. Chest, pain. chest pain, uh unusual sweating, unusual sweating. difficulty breathing, difficulty breathing. Nausea. nausea, dizzy dizziness, dizziness. uncontrolled breathing, breathing. Dry, mouth. dry mouth, chills, chills. fatigues, Fatigue. stomach, aches. stomach aches, digestive issues, digestive difficulty, issues. Concentrating. difficulty concentrating, hot flushes, hot flushes. insomnia. And irritability. irritability. I command every spirit spirit attached to these things, things. leave my life now. now. Loose my soul, loose my my body. body. I speak to my body, body. be healed right now. Amen. You may be seated. And as I close, I'm just going to say this. This, There's four, four quick words that God has given some of you. There's somebody in here that at some point you became lost. I don't know if you were lost with your parents. You were lost. Sometimes you were lost in the woods. I don't know what it is. But there's somebody here, you became lost, and now you have a fear of being lost. You have a fear of being lost. God is healing you. God is healing you. God is healing your heart from that thing, and you will never have that again after today. God will visit you. There's next person, there's somebody that's fearing a car accident. I was seeing there's just the fear of a car accident. Maybe it happened to you. Maybe it's just a fear. Maybe it was passed down to you. But God is healing you of that, and he's removing that from you. The next one is there's a fear of somebody being kidnapped or stolen. I've seen like it was like you're holding hands, and the hands was taken away. And there's this fear that you're going to be taken away or stolen. But God is, God is healing you, and he's restoring you. And lastly, there was somebody here that just has a fear of the unknown, the after death. It's like you want to believe that heaven and hell is true, but you just don't. You're just just a fear of the afterlife. But God is going to heal you and God is going to restore you. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you were blessed and encouraged. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more amazing content.